Hey, what's going on, folk? It's your boy Ken from the Last Call Podcast. Listen, we appreciate all the love we receive, but our social media is getting a little jealous. So follow us on Instagram at Last Call Podcast. No spaces. And if you hadn't added us on iTunes or SoundCloud yet, please go ahead, search the Last Call Podcast, find the one with Ken, Fab, Dave, name on it. Download all the episodes as soon as they drop, and you get all the access to it. Thank you. Keep your glasses full. Show your bartender some love. Okay, last call. Order now before I turn on the lights and you really see what's going on with yourself. <laughs> what's up? How y'all doing, folk? How's everything? Y'all chilling? Y'all cooling? My name's Ken. And I'm Dave. Hey. What a, what a surprise. What hey. a surprise. We skipped over Fab because Fab is not in the building with us. Um, she's out trying to be uh, the most second busiest person in the world. Um, runner up to Mr. Ty Davis, man on the boards. Um, shout out to Fab. Hi, Fab. Miss you, girl. Um, I was with Fab on Friday. Yeah. It was a good time. We was out, we was out, in, uh, out in the city having, um, having a dope time. She spun at some... Um, Delilah's. Yeah, it was at Delilah's, but I, I forget what the, the name of the specific event was. I don't know. It was like some Opal Fridays. There you go, Opal Fridays. Thank you. Shout out to Opal Fridays. Um, it was good looking there. That was, was my second time at Delilah's. The first one I was with like a friend like two weeks two weeks ago on a Monday, and it should it was going to fuck up. But I was like, damn, and I didn't even realize it was Delilah's until like I pulled up because I went to the wrong spot first. I went to fucking where Studio Twenty One is. I don't know where that is, but that's yeah. where the, that's where the first opal was. Okay, that's where we went for my birthday before, after the dinner before. And I heard that was on ten. It was on ten, so I was like, yeah. And then I found that it was the last one because that it's too small, bro. Right. I mean, you seen, you saw it. It's, right. It's, so I mean, so when I first walked in, I actually walked past it because there it didn't. It said Delilah's on the opposite door. Yeah. And so it's like, curtain, wa- and there's curtains on the door, like behind the door. Yeah. So, so I walked up to that shit. I'm like, mm, I don't know, this can't be. It. Then I walked around to the um, door to the left. And some girl come, I mean, the girl up front, the, girl, the hostess, she was like, where are you here for? I'm like, oh, Opal Friday. She's like, oh, yeah, all right. Check your jacket and go to the back. I'm like, all right. So, I mean, it was, there's that initial room where the first bar is, right? And then as I'm going back toward the curtains, the first person coming out the curtains of, that I see, of course, as irony would have it, would be Dave. Oh, yeah, that did happen. <laughs> I'm like, oh, what's up, Dave? How you feeling? <laughs> um, and then, you know, we walked to the back, and then, it, I mean, it was going up back there, but like you said, it was a, a, a you know, a smaller, smaller area. It's like a private party um, right. area back there. I don't, I don't, and I don't, that first one was a, it was somebody's birthday party, and they tried to, like, make that shit like a mini One Oak and had niggas buying bottles and all this type of shit with the sparklers. Happened. Yeah, that happened. Oh yeah, it did happen that night, but it happened like the other night that I was there too. It's just too small, and I it's way out the way. It's probably gonna be my last time going to that shit. Right. Honestly, I also don't really. <laughs> it's just like I don't. Yeah. Right. Okay. <laughs> no, it was all right. I'm mean, seeing. Yeah. Uh, we seen Loki in there. Uh, big up, big yeah. up, the Loki's the in there. Low and um, everybody else who we saw. Yeah, Tracy G was up in there too. We had a a whole house of our guests. Um, <laughs> few right. and future and future guests. Yeah. Speaking of which, I seen a couple on uh, on Monday. Okay. The, uh, the Hype Beast party. Okay. Hype Bay. The Hype Bay party or whatever. That was a cool little thing. You going to speak on that or we're not going to speak on that? Shout out to all the Hype Bays. We ain't got to talk about it. Okay. <laughs> it really wasn't. Yeah. All right. Um, 
Cool. Um, yeah, so then me and Fab went to Fat Baby um, and after, and it was it was pretty cool. She Fab got to, had to plug it to like the up top area. I was up there chilling for a little bit. Oh yeah, and um, that was before you ghosted. You did the peace sign. That was after I ghosted. Yeah. Nigga, because niggas tried to pull me in, and I'm like, mm, I'm going home. No, what happened was you left. I said, bye, Dave. Yeah. Dave left. <laughs> Jules and E come inside. <laughs> Here come Dave again. <laughs> nah, you, oh, so here's what you didn't see. Here's what you didn't see. I leave, right. and I make the left, because I leave because I'm like waiting for Jules. I'm yawning. It's like 10 o'clock, I think. I might have went back outside to do that, and I was high. So I was like, mm. Mm, I'm over this. So, like, I, like, walk out the door, make a left. I'm headed towards the corner. I'm three blocks away from the train station. I'm almost home free. And I see fucking Jules and E hit the corner. Oh, day 27, day, day, what up? Oh, shit, boy, where you been at, man? Where you been at? And I was like, all right. All right, y'all, it was good seeing y'all. I'm holler. And then, like, I kept trying to walk. And it was like, and this nah, nigga, he grabbed me. Yeah. Like, bear hugged the fuck out of me. He was like, he's aggressive. Nah, bro, you coming in with us, bro. Come on, got you. grab a drink, grab a drink. I'm like, nah, I'm good, I'm good. I'm about to go home. I'm tired. He's like, nah, man, fuck all that. And I had to get up on Saturday morning for a shoot anyway. So I was like, really wasn't mm-hmm. trying to do all of that. But yeah, they got inside and they went all the way towards the bathroom. And I was like, yeah, let me, uh, I took my coat off and everything. And I was like, yeah, let me, uh, put this coat back on. Mm. Pew! Out. Yeah, yeah. And Dave did the, did the diddy bop. But now it was a good time. Um, you know, uh, so big up to Fab, and you know she's here in spirit. Um, yeah. So uh, breezing through uh, what we have in the room tonight, um, and we're gonna touch on it. It actually kind of sarcastically and ironically plays into some of what we're talking about. Um, I have a rum called Diplomat. <laughs> Tico wrong. Um Is that by design? Sort of, but not really. It kind of just played in hand in hand and I felt it was appropriate. Um so but it's a it's a delicious, wonderful rum from Venezuela. Um uh usually there's not too many um artisan and handcrafted rums from Venezuela. This is one of the few ones and it's um supremely smooth. Um great um sipping casually or over cigars for you cigar smoking folks out there. Um so yeah, so big up to Diplomatico rum. Um, um, going into I guess what you were talking about, Dave. I know you said you had a couple photo shoots. Are you caught up in uh, Fashion Week this week in the city? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a uh, it's been cool. I've been very absent because uh, unlike in the past during Fashion Week, I'm like instead of working editorial or working for a brand that like lets me kind of move freely. Um working on the sales side of things so for sales market week is usually right after it's during fashion week actually because we're especially if you're not selling um um wearables if you're <laughs> i sell accessories mm-hmm. so or my my company sells access my where i work we sell accessories so like our our quote-unquote our fashion week was presentation week which is market week what so what happens is you have the first week which was a week and a half ago then you have the second yeah, week. Breakdown for those who are not like keen to Fashion Week because I, I know somebody asked me, wasn't Fashion Week last week or didn't it start so, the week before? Fashion Week is a month long. Okay. Around the world. Uh, it starts off in January with men's in London with London, with London Collection Men's, LCM as it's known, um, which is basically like a lot of the mid-level and, and more um, atelier and uh, smaller um, mom and pop shop guys they come together and they show their brands 
and it's you know some guys show like Burberry will show because it's in London. Then they go to uh, what's called Pity Umo. I can't remember the name. It's like Umo means style in Italian. I forgot mm-hmm. what Pity means, but um, that's where all of the like Italian guys. So like like Laurel Piano, which is the biggest um, like mill, like cotton mill in Italy, and one of the oldest. They make cashmere, and most of your most of your guys from Brooks Brothers to J Crew get their cashmere from Laurel Piana. Okay. Um yeah, so then they go so they go to Pitiuma for a little bit. That's like a few days. Um then after that they go to Paris. Okay. That's a few days. That's like four days, four or five days. Paris is pretty large. Then they go to um Milan. And then that ends that. So that lasts for like two and a half weeks right there. That's in the end of January that goes from like the middle of January to the end of January. Then it take a week off, and then right after that is Men's Fashion Week. Men's Fashion Week in New York, New York Fashion Week, and that um, they just started doing. They just separated Men's Fashion Week from Women's. Um, that happens twice a year now. It happens right. in January and it happens in the summertime. So that lasts like four days, and then a couple weeks after that, which we saw start last Thursday, Fashion Week lasts from Thursday to Thursday. So last Thursday, Women's Fashion Week starts, which is always it's always been at least for New York and the Council of Fashion Designers of America, since they've had it like standardized, which has been going on for a little under 20 years. Okay. It's been in, it's been in New York city and there's like a few key venues, larger, larger brands will go out their way to get like big ass spaces and shit like that. But other guys will like, kind of like tone it down a bit. Um, so yeah, I mean, fashion week lasts that long uh, for people. People know fashion week for seeing celebs and clothes front rows Maybe some statements being made on the runway, models, blah, blah, blah. Parties. Parties. If you right. live in New York, you know Fashion Week for parties. Right. Um, fa- New York, when they, they, what they used to do was this thing called Fashion's Night Out, FNO, huh. which was used to cap off the first day of Fashion Week for all of the Fashion Week. So for winter and for the fall. Okay. What ended up happening was, like three years ago, um, I can't remember who it was. It was Supreme and somebody. They threw an after party and like all it was like three six mafia was performing. Juicy J was supposed to perform with uh with um uh uh Paul. What's what's the nigga? DJ Paul. DJ Paul, yeah. You know, with the arm. <laughs> right. Yes. <laughs> so he was supposed to perform with him. Uh some idiot tweeted out or texted out. Somehow they found out like, oh, it's gonna be here. And the kids flooded the street. Somebody, the somebody like tweeted out. And, yeah, so it, somebody found out. Some, so I think it, it might. I ain't gonna say it was Vashti. I know Vashti was DJing, but like it was somebody who was gonna be there who wasn't supposed to say, "Oh, this person's performing." It was like Trina, Three Six Mafia, and somebody else from New York. I think it might be DMX or Cameron. I think it was Cameron. And so yeah, like it was like one and Mr. Cheeks. It was a really big party, but it's twenty one plus. So all the fucking internet kids they can't get in because they're between fifteen and, and right. nineteen and shit like that. So. They fucking mobbed the street, stumping on niggas' cars and shit, fucking damn near flipped niggas' cars over and shit. Like, they got crazy. And that's when niggas was like, nope, mm-mm, cut that shit. I mean, obviously, we end up ruining everything for ourselves out of ignorance. Uh, so that was that. So now, like, parties are just more so um, regulated by PR companies who work, who have, the, uh, who have brands as clients. And, yeah. Very selective. with Very selective. Very selective. Um, 
Depends on the brand though. Sometimes the brands just want people to be at the party so they can get the pictures, so they you can get go the to grams, Getty Images, yeah. or they can go to wherever publication, fucking page six and shit like that. And yeah, so they'll let you in if you look the part. Other spots have been more than difficult to get into, mm. even if your name is on the, or even if you have a name on the list. Uh, I, I've already talked about how how crazy the Alexander Wayne party was last December. That wasn't last December, last uh, September. At, um, at Pier Fifty Four, yeah, 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 Pier Six. It's wherever, wherever the wine festival was. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, man. I'm just I'm over Fashion Week though. Yeah. Uh, it's is it because you're in the industry, so you like probably every that's probably six that's probably some of the reason. And for me, I'm visually uh, inclined. So, and I yeah because of because I'm in the industry and have worked in and for for a large magazine, I understand that like. It's not fun. <laughs> it's not fun. Mm. Most of the people who go to the shows never make it to the parties because you fucking go to shows and you have to do your actual you're job. You're working. You have to do your job. You work for a magazine. You got mad articles to write and you got to cover a show. And now because social media is a whole nother dimension, now they're making you, you know, live stream the show and shit like that. Like that shit is not fun. That shit is not fun. And and, to, and Sunday, I, I, the brand I work with all like every season, I work with them for their fashion show. And it's stressful as fuck, yo. It's stressful as fuck. Like, uh, low key met Cardi B though. <laughs> okay. Met Cardi B and met uh, some chick. Uh, uh, no, some chick. Feature uh, guest on the Porsche. show. Porsha. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> Porsha from uh, from Atlanta Housewives or whatever. I don't watch the show, but she looked like she was on that show, and I was like, "Are you on Housewives?" And she was like, "Yes, darling, I am." Whatever. And I was like, "Oh, that's this is weird," you know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like, there's like the celebrity aspect of it, but for real, it's really not fun and, and it should be about work and it's, it should be about um people getting their ideas out and you got a lot of people that flood these parties that don't have nothing to do that don't do nothing they just want to be somewhere that's cool and what it does it kills the scene because like not saying that people don't belong but like if you don't have no purpose in, in a in a space like why are you occupying you just occupying it, why yeah. are you here like you know what i'm saying like why am i here shit you know what i'm saying so i just like kind of pull myself out of stuff like that until I actually have something of worth or throwing my own, you know, party for whatever celebration, for whatever, whatever. You right. Know? Well, so, yeah. Yay's show was today. Did you see it? Yeah, I saw it. Well, <laughs> I saw it as best as I could. Right. I mean, I, I would say that I have a, a 98% understanding of all of the looks and the shoes and shit like that and the space. What he did was hella uh, innovative. I will say that. He made good use out of I definitely say he learned his lesson from last, from last show. Um, that he, that the he one that he September, had out in Roosevelt Island. That he did on Roosevelt Island in that beautiful space. Beautiful, beautiful space. But it was late. It was You could tell it was under-rehearsed. Inconvenience. It was inconveniencing. It was hot as fuck. Models was passing out. <laughs> it was too grand scale. And I think what ended up happening is that he decided to like pull back a little bit and, and purposely stick to the thing and also on the commerce side because that's what i work at the, on the commerce side of things all of his clothes are on sale like what's but okay but what's on sale everything no no, no but like what like when you, when you say on sale you mean like the price tag is on sale or yeah, they're no, no. available for to purchase no yeah i mean there's markdowns like his stuff we're approaching into a new season, and last season the stuff is still in is still in stores. Because I've seen last year, okay. So put for instance, I've seen shirts from last year that was two and change. I've seen sweaters that were seven, eight and change. Right. Bombers that were a thousand, thousand. right? Thirteen, fourteen hundred. So yeah. now, when you say on sale, what are those marked I mean, down to? A lot of that stuff is marked down 
between like 18 and 27%. Okay. Which is a pretty decent margin. The fucking uh the boots, the the combat boots that he did, um those were I want to say those were like 970 something. They're like 6 something now. And they still they still have sizes cuz he has his own website that you can buy shit off of. But like Barney's or any of the overseas retailers, like people are buying this stuff, but he, I think he had too large of a scale of understanding of how he should be producing this stuff. And it's so expensive to produce that the price point is so high. Right. So converting that into his fifth season now, he's definitely not doing Madison Square Garden anymore. He's definitely not doing Roosevelt Island, which was, I mean, a fourth of the scale of Madison, Madison Square, Square Garden. Garden was dope, though. It was dope as fuck. But you know how much money that shit costs? On average, it costs like a hundred to like two hundred and seventy-five to shit. Sometimes even half a million dollars to produce a fashion show. That's not including how much it costs to make the samples, right. or how much you're paying the models, or how much you're paying whoever, whoever, whoever. You know what I'm saying? Right. So like, shit. You know, quarter to a half a million dollars on a show, and you did not make three million dollars in sales. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're taking the loss. And you, I'm sure there's been conversations with Adidas. And that's what I'm saying, like, when you go back into Kanye thing, but that's a whole other thing, like, this is why he's probably really stressed. I think he put too much pressure on himself. But with this one, he definitely chopped it way down to almost to how the first show was, where it was a very small invite list, even though it was very high profile. He had all the Kardashians in that joint. But, um, yeah, he, uh, it, it was decent. It wasn't great. It definitely, I, I don't really put the, the clothing that he does and the production that he does, like, on, like, the top of my list. Just for what I like, like I'm not a I, I respect like a helmet Lang, and like old old Margella, but it, because it's been done, mm-hmm. I don't like I'm not like oh yeah, and because Yeezy's name on, it, I'm like oh yeah, I just love that I I understand his vision, which is more than I can say for the people who either dick suck it or right. say that it's trash. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, he got some new shoes. <laughs> he got some new shoes. Them cross, just, just all right. Cross trainer Air Max. I, got, I wear a size eleven and a half, bro. I can't be wearing them big ass shoes. My shit's gonna look crazy because my pants is always slim. Nigga, you. I wear a thirteen. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like that shit. Mm 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 brother. But I mean, I appreciate him for trying to like literally make himself into a classic. He's moving very fast, and but you know he's trying. He's trying. It's yeah. almost over though. Fashion week is almost over, and everybody can get the fuck out the city. Go, go back to normal. <laughs> People can leave my bars and my restaurants alone. You know what I'm saying? Niggas can get the fuck out of New York and go back to where they're fucking wherever they blog from. Dave is not gonna miss y'all, folk. Nope, not at all. Kick rocks, niggas. Um, speaking of kicking rocks, um, so <clears throat> you watch any of the? Uh, I know during caught up with your work shows, you watch any of the Grammys on Sunday? Uh, what was I doing on Sunday? I didn't watch it. Oh, I was shooting with Fab. Okay. Did a photo shoot with Fab. Picture should be coming out soon. Shout out to the Cozy Girl people. It looks really good. Looking, but, uh, looking for those. I got home and I just like, you know, I just heard like, oh, Beyonce, the heavens. And I was just like, all right, cool or whatever. <laughs> I don't, I don't rush to that shit, yo. I honestly don't. I just didn't think, I didn't think much of it. I didn't think that um, anybody that I wanted to win was actually going to win. Going to win. 
So that wasn't, it didn't have any motivation. And I felt like I could always just catch the performances on Twitter because niggas be ripping the fuck out of that, shit and that's fast what I, as hell. That's what I was looking. So I was checking back. That's how I found out that Beyonce performed is that I was actually, so I was watching The Walking Dead because I spent Sunday catching up because oh, yeah. it started again this week. So I'm flipping back and forth between Walking Dead and um, and the Grammys. And um, I, got a, I got a snap message from one of my boys and it, it's, um, there's some dude on stage with a fitted. I'm like, what the fuck? I'm like, who the fuck? What did you just send me? Because it was like, it wasn't clear, right? Uh, so then he sends a me chance? a message. Yeah, he was like, yo, fuck <laughs> Chance. Chance won Best New Artist. I was like, oh, shit. I forgot the Grammys were even on. I thought they started at, I don't know, like 8.30 or 9, but they started early, but whatever. So now I'm flipping back and forth. So I see Chance. Um, I see him win uh, Best New Artist, right? So I'm like, oh, right, this is dope. And then um, there was a couple performances. So I missed Beyonce's performance, but did as you could say, you could see. Did he take the stage for both awards? Because he won two. He did. He took the he took best perform best rap performance. So he didn't. They didn't show best rap performance. Right. Um, they, they showed did. best rap album. Right. So he won for best new artist, best rap performance, and best rap album. Hey, here's my thing about this. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and we did our best albums list last year. Um, in December, we did our best albums. We all did our like our top five or whatever. And I, I definitely stated how Chance had a good project. Right. But there's no way in fuck that that <laughs> shit was better than Life of Pablo, bro. You got me fucked up. Here's my problem. My problem is that when the Grammys say best rap album, it's, hey, this is the album that we're most comfortable with saying that we listen to. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They don't want to. They don't want to. They don't want to admit that they loved Kanye album because white people loved. White people just not loving Kanye right now, even though he tries to fit in a lot. Right. But he's aggressive. He's aggressive. I mean, who else was on that rap list? I don't. I don't even remember who was nominated on the album year. list. It was Drake, Kanye, um, Drake, Kanye, Chance. Your Chance. Who were the other two? Uh, or three. I uh, I'd have to really think about it. They were they were deserving though. They were deserving. Yeah. I was like, ooh, this might be good. Was. Was Nikki no. No, nah, Nikki wasn't in it. Um fuck, now you pulling my car. I'm like, I gotta search this now. Um Best Rap Album. Nominees. Nominees. Um But I mean we can uh, move forward. Uh uh so yeah, I mean I'm happy for chance. Uh De La Soul and um oh, DJ right. Khaled's major key. Album. Oh yeah. Yeah, those are the here's the thing, De La Soul. Oh, and um not Schoolboy, De La Soul, and you're Schoolboy, talking about Tribe. And Schoolboy Q. You meant Tribe, not De La Soul. Right? No, I meant De La Soul. The anonymous nobody. How the fuck was Tribe's album not fucking out? I don't know. I, you know what? I think it came out too late. Uh, I probably missed the deadline. Yeah, I missed the deadline because the deadline was in September because there was another album that should have caught the deadline that I thought I was like, this should be nominated, but it wasn't. Uh, I, I mean, that was, was. A, I mean, it was the the, the, the Soul album came and went, but uh didn't even come. It just it just happened, but I don't even remember. I didn't right. even, I haven't listened to it. The Tribe performance was dope. Tribe performance was good. I watched like snippets of it. Uh, I... Because the Grammys, this is shit pissed me off. I almost tweeted this shit today. It's like the, the Grammys do not understand the un, the importance of fucking video content, Culture, bro. Man. Video internet content. Like why the fuck? I mean, why the fuck haven't they chopped the videos up and had them fucking on like from their Twitter account? Why don't they have a YouTube account and put that shit on YouTube? You know what happens is that CBS owns that shit, right? And it's on the CBS site. But guess what's not on there? The two major things that's that's not on there. The Beyonce performance or the Adele fucking cover of a George Michael song, right. Fast Love. The two, the two biggest ones right. are not there. And it's like, what the fuck are you doing with this? Because other people had this shit up. They had it up on somebody had it on Vimeo. Had the whole Beyonce, whole nine minute Beyonce joint. And I just want to take the time to say that 
if I've ever offended anybody about Beyonce, I am sorry. That performance was fucking amazing, bro. That shit was amazing. Visually. Amazing. Visually. Dog. Like, like, and she sang her ass off. Like, she was singing the joint. The chair leaned back. I mean, just, just the the whole shit was dope. Fucking uh, Jay Z's eyes popping uh, out of his head like bitch don't fall. Right. Oh, uh, you got my twins don't fall. <laughs> right. Fucking uh, Pete Dundas. Um, fucking he he designed the dress. Who used to be the lead designer at fucking uh, at Roberto at Roberto Cavalli or whatever? So like loud. That's why I saw gold and shit. Like that was his yeah. first. That's from his first line because he left Roberto Cavalli last year. So that's like his first line of like shit or whatever. And the, the dress had two ch- uh, cherubs, which are baby angels, yeah. like fucking embroidered on the side with beads, and it had her face and like a mother, like a like a fucking like uh, like mother nature. Crazy fucking shit. yeah, dog. Like the the the, the everything was dope about. It. And I saw somebody from Twitter video like when the chair leans back, holds her whole weight. Uh, I think the line was like, uh, "You're my lifeline, and you're trying to kill me," which is like crazy, right? Jay Z right. looking like, "Hey, look, we got two babies in there. Dude, chill out." Yeah. But uh, like they zoomed, so like somebody zoomed in on her belly. Dog, the babies were kicking, kicking. while she was performing, dog. And she didn't look flinched at all. I mean, I've also seen Beyonce fucking dancing, rip an earring out of her ear, fucking ear bleeding, bleeding. and she's still going. Insane. She ain't even stopped. She, like, didn't fucking shook beat. it off. Yeah. Like, oh, let's keep going. So, like, I understand that her pain threshold is probably really high. Also, because she performs in Hill. I mean, that's an amazing woman right there, honestly. Um, and, yeah, she probably got snubbed, even though she snubbed other people even with her nomination. But we're not even talking about that, though. Right. So... <laughs> Adele said Adele gave her basically gave her Grammy. Did she break? Did she really break the Grammy? She broke it. She didn't mean <laughs> to. She didn't mean to, but she absolutely broke best best stuff. That's how much of Grammy's worth, bro. <laughs> he just broke that shit. Shit's just fucking Drake fucking drinking dirty sprite out of it and like a couple years ago. Jay Z drank fucking uh Duce out, out of it. Yeah. That was the best one. That yeah. was the best one. Um it was dope. I mean, there were some good performances. The um Prince tribute, uh, the Bruno Mars mm-hmm. performance was good. Tribe performance was good. A lot of lot of lot of live singing. Right. Um, Alicia Keys did some duet with um, country singing. I forgot her name. It's like Melissa something. It was it was pretty good though. It was pretty good though. Um, real singing. That's why I like I like to see if y'all gonna go out on stage on the Grammys, y'all gotta really sing y'all ass off. No background vocals. Um, it was good. But of course, everybody talks about of course Adele's performance with George Michael, which shitty song to perform if you ask me i was like what the fuck like yeah, when she first perf- when she first started performing like she was like can we start over yeah and, <laughs> and as she should have i was like yeah because i want to fuck this up i'm like i know george michael's songs and this one ain't clicking the way it's supposed to um, it was fast love i was like yeah but she was all off key so i'm glad she brought it back did it live and everything like i'm fucking sorry for cursing but i'm sorry i can't do but this that's a part of the allure of why white people adore adele, adele yeah it's because she's a human she's a human Human and she's so nice and she's good. She's good people, right. you know. Like I she's get not it. a buck twenty soaking wet with you know. Right, right. She's a real person, right? But I mean, I don't know. Grammys are unimportant. I'm worried about these Oscars, honestly. Yeah. So and All Star Game, All Star Weekend, All Star Weekend yeah, is coming up. Yeah. Damn, New Orleans about to be lit, ain't it? Yeah. Oh, I was talking to my, that. I was talking to my connect at the uh, at that team with the E at the beginning. Yeah, they yeah, were talking yeah, about how they're doing a, uh, they're yeah, doing, yeah. Dog, they're doing I installations heard. all weekend, yeah, bro. I heard, and they're doing the Nike pop up like they did out here, and they have Bari do the V Loan uh, uh, Air Force Ones down there. Yeah. Like H- HP is going on down there. 
Henny Palooza's happening down there. Yeah. Dog, New Orleans is about to be stupid, and the weather probably going to be lit. Lele. Lele. As my OG back in college would say, the lele, the lele weather. 84 degrees oh with my the perfect God. sun and everything. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely, definitely going to be a scene down there. Um, Most likely. Uh, we just had a, a special guest walk in the room, matter of fact, and have a seat with us. Um, my boy Julio just stepped in. How you doing, bro? Yo, what's good, man? How, how's everybody going? Ah, you good, know, man. Trying to make it through this motherfucking week and shit. Right? It's, it's drizzling outside. We over here talking about New Orleans and shit like that. New Orleans. Mm-hmm. You're not going down to um to New Orleans this year for, uh, for All-Star Game, are you? Nah, nah. Actually... I- once you texted me the other day talking about O'Killers playing, we'll have to go play down there. I was like, ah, that would be dope to go see that. But other than that, I'm nah. Who? We chilling. O'Kill? O'Kill. Oh, yeah. Oh, I text. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah that yeah, shit. My fault. It's all good. <laughs> me, and, me and Kenny tend to uh, switch bodies from time to time. Every time, every now and then. We, I, we get confused with each other. Right. But yeah, nah, I mean, uh, All Star Game is right. But you just you did just say something off air. just like, like, why? And I just like, you're right. Because like, if you're not. If you don't have a purpose to be down at All Star Game, like if you're not working, if you're not making bread, like ain't a reason to be spending a ridiculous amount of bread to do things you could do in that same city the week later. The week later, ten percent of the price. You know what I'm saying? Literally, that's why I didn't go down. I had the opportunity to go down to Houston for the Super Bowl. Oh yeah. And um, I was I thought about it because I I didn't even have to pay for a place to stay, but even the flight down to Houston was, was like six fifty, oh, hell nah. seven fifty, hell nah. next week two hundred round but, trip. I mean, that's still at the whole Super Bowl. You. If you're going to Super Bowl, you're expecting to pay that, you yeah. know, with, with whatever you do. But just like with the whole All Star thing, it's just more so. Like if I don't, unless I'm like a legit super fan right. of one of those players oh, to yeah. go and like and actually enjoy the festivities, you know, I'm not going to really go unless they're like one of my boys. I'm gonna go support, right. and have a good time, and then celebrate and you know turn up. But if you was like rich, you wouldn't go just just for the hell of it because it's like it is a good spectacle. Like you get the whole three weekend tickets. Like I would take, I would take. Here's the thing, and I just, I'm saying it, but I'm like kind of drawing back my statement. Like, yeah, I take my, I take my kids to go to that shit. Then I'm like, I don't have kids. I'm saying, but like, if I was a, you know, older with the bread, like, damn, I take my oh, yeah, kids yeah, to go. I would definitely take the family. But here's the thing about taking your family to All Star Weekend. <laughs> that was the setup. Like he wanted, to, he wanted. To. I was gonna save you from yourself because the fucking slut fest, bro. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like Jesus, exactly. if, you're going, if you're going for the game and stuff like that, you want your kids to see that. Yeah. In, in sports. Yeah. See, but like, with how shit lights. is now though, like the joints is probably walk around the stadium at the three point contest half naked, like. Yeah, I mean, but I guess to say if you have a boy, you could just you're showing them exactly what it is. Yeah, yeah, you know that's true. That's right. That's right. Also, give a whole bunch of lessons. Look, look at here, son. Right, exactly. <laughs> this is the game. Stay focused. <laughs> <laughs> this is the game. You want that? You got to do that. Right. <laughs> Point to the court and shit. Nah. <laughs> Since it's just us niggas in here tonight, we can uh, we can chop it up. We can talk some sports oh, and shit. Yeah, Usually, man, we can't talk Fab. sports with Fab because Fab, you know, I, I feel bad for leaving Fab out the conversation. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Uh, Jules, you you a Giants fan? How you feel about Victor Cruz getting cut off? Um, I, Matter of fact, hold on, I'm gonna cut you off before you start there. Before you start there. Before you start there, Dave, you want to get into your song because this actually kind of leads into the topic. I'm, yeah, I'm I know. I was thinking that too because the the other thing, my follow up to the, right, yeah, yeah, is who's leaving New York, right? Next. Yeah, yeah, because your boy, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> your man's is out of here, baby. I told him. I told him. <laughs> Um, All right, yo, we can get into it. So, um, hold up. Uh, uh, this weekend, this, nah. 
Hold on, let me get this, do the setup right. Uh, this week's song, I got the opportunity to, to step in for DJ Fab Fab and uh, pick something. Yeah, um, you, you, wait, usually before, when Dave has an, an like when he has a suggestion for a song, usually Fab punches him in his throat. <laughs> says, "Shut up, nigga." <laughs> last time, no, dead ass. Last time I asked her, like, "Yo, you should play this." But here's the thing: when I the last time I did it. She got mad at the time before, so I was doing it just to kind of like prick her. It might have been the wrong day to do it. Because you know if you ever catch Fab on a wrong day. Nigga, you catching it. Yeah, you catching it. She fucking let me have it for 30 seconds nonstop. And I was just like, so don't nobody fucking do what you do. Like, you let you do what you want to do. Let me do me. This is my thing. And I was like, yo, you know what? It wasn't even that serious, but I can't even be mad at you for your reaction. I'm sorry. We love you, Fab. (laughs) Yo, Fab. Love you, Fab. Fab's rage. Yo, Fab's rage is something you do not want to be on the other side of. That's why I love you. I love you. I like, like you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I can I can feel it. My eyes was burning. But no, um Yeah, so this so this time she gracefully handed it over. I appreciate you. She could have gave it to Kenny, but she gave it to me. That's right. Um and so because of this and because I know I have my man's jewels in here today, um everybody's thinking about like the opposite weather of what we got right now. So I felt like the perfect song for this is uh kind of reminiscent of a uh, Carabana too. Mm. Um it's by Party Next Door. Um, and this dude, Murder, who is a he's a producer. He just put out a tape recently um, with like all the Migos and all that shit on there. But he got this one song that I've never heard of Party Next Door called uh, something about the summer, like Summer Comes Soon or something like that. Okay. But yeah, he's talking about the Mississauga girl. All right, we'll, we'll get she to it. pretty smooth, man. Let's get to it. Murder, murder, shit. Murder, shit. Mrs. I got things are so pretty round this time of year I can't ignore it, I cannot ignore it, yeah Mrs. I got things are so pretty round this time of year I can't ignore it, I can only assure it I've been to New York and I've been to Houston and Nothing's better than you, girl Came to conclusion, yeah, yeah 22 when you've been through things That you never should've ever been true Girl, I know you're 22 When you've seen something That you never should've been exposed to Yeah, who I gotta protect you When you feel you are in danger you know, I no, no, no man, you know, I'm a stranger. You want to know what you're comfortable You want to be with who you're comfortable with. I know, no, 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 no. I know, I know, I can't let you go. I know, I know. Mrs. I got things are so pretty round this time of year I can't ignore it, I cannot ignore it, yeah Mrs. I got things are so pretty round this Yeah man, uh, just like every other uh, Party Next Door song He's talking about a girl that he's fall in love with he did say she was 22 which i was like Ooh. E. <laughs> e, still a smooth rhythm then <laughs> yeah, yeah he kills mm. it and this is like one of those unreleased joints that the dude producer uh murder put out so like it's not gonna get taken down thanks soundcloud can't rock with it yeah, man. for real
There um, you go. Canteen. <laughs> um, nah, that's fine. So, I mean, getting back to what I was about to ask Jules about, because it's, it's tapping in what you know we, we were going to touch on tonight. I mean, the main subject of the of the um, of the line of stories that we're going to discuss in the next you know couple of minutes is going to be loyalty, right? So, mm. my my question to you, Julio, is how do you feel about Victor Cruz getting released by the Giants? Um. It definitely hurts to see Victor Cruz leave. You know, right. As being a Giants fan, everything he did with, right. you know, with the whole dude, like the cha cha, let's do the salsa and all that. I mean, so, culturally, but also, I mean, he won rings. Ring. Right. Ring. Ring with yeah, you guys. He, he, he won one. You know what I mean? But it was. Was what, a key component of the ring. He, too. he was a key component. But then we also understand it's, it's a business. You know what I mean? And so if he's going to free up, I want to say, what is it, like $9 million in cap? Right. You know, um, for us to get other pieces that can make our team better, maybe decision. we can re-sign him at a way cheaper rate. If nobody else does, I don't know the legality, you know, the rules of of, of that. Right, um, salary cap ramifications, yeah, right. all you that. You know what I mean? Uh, a minimum or something. But yeah, definitely. I mean, it sucks to see him go, but I'm not like, well, damn, we had to cut a good player to fuck salary cap. Like, I mean, granted, he's okay, but he did literally half of what his normal production was in years if that. prior. Right, I mean, that. he was like five eighty something in so, yards this year. So I don't think that. Um, I think that New York is a catch. Like being an athlete in New York is a catch twenty two, because um, you're good until they hate you. You're good, like you're good until you're not, and once you're not, they hate you, even if it's for two seconds out of a full year. Um, with Victor. He got that injury, what, a year and a half, two years ago, two seasons two, ago? Three seasons ago. Three seasons ago. Put him out for one season. Then he was to come back the next season, and he, he d- didn't. He, he didn't. So right. he set out for two seasons, right. getting paid. But then, like, he's a very he, – I'm sure a lot of the uh, the general management did not appreciate how visible he was as a public figure during the season in New York City, in nightlife. And, like, he was definitely – Out here. Out here, but what the fuck else is he supposed to like? He literally, you know what I'm saying? But like, I I don't think that was a big problem, and I think um, I think the Victor Cruz situation isn't like how a lot of when um, a, lot, a lot of other times when New York fans treat um, star players or players that did so well for us, you know, like trash, you know, later on, like right, that, like uh, Carmelo, like, <laughs> where they've been booing Carmelo and he's been <laughs> killing. Like you wasn't booing him when he had sixty plus. In the garden, but you gonna boo him now? Like, come on now! Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's still balling. You know what I mean? But um, I mean, everybody seems to be sad, like semi-sad, like sad but understanding. Like, I understood. I thought that this was gonna happen last year. Like, well, that's the thing. I think it could have happened last year, and the Giants would have been well within their right to cut him last year. But because of their, for I mean, he's because of their loyalty to him. Also, Victor Cruz. Him, but then he out. He won. He outright won out his position. That slot that he played. Right? right. I mean, so he he came up as the when he came up as a Giant. First of all, so Victor Cruz's story is pretty crazy actually right, yeah. it's not one of the norm went to uh, massachusetts from patterson new jersey yeah. right went to umass came on to the giants undrafted had a standout game versus the jets in preseason scored three touchdowns and rex ryan like who the right. fuck is this guy right cut makes the team goes on and they end up showing out and they go to the chip that year with victor cruz right uh-huh. so now he has a stardom he goes on to the next season Come close to duplicating his success. This is an undrafted player. Went through the draft. Mm-hmm. Every team looked at him, and every team passed on him. And he became a pro bowler here in New York. Um, he will 
my gut feeling is that he'll end up having his jersey retired in uh, MetLife Stadium. He'll have his number honored in MetLife Stadium. I wouldn't go that far. I would. Okay. I would. Um, I mean, I'm not saying a, I'm not saying he'll make the seasons? Hall of Fame, but yeah, off of five seasons, yes. Well, only three of those he played. I, I, I don't agree. Like, I, I, I understand. I, I I can I can understand the uh, uh, Jules' logic on this one. Like I don't. I think if he was like a first round draft pick and had the success that he had, he probably wouldn't. His success wouldn't would be looked upon as regular, right? But the fact that he was an undrafted player from New Jersey and came up. Made the Pro Bowl, made them a Super Bowl winning team. He was the, he was outside of Eli the most important player on that offense. I think he that I'm I'm more than willing to say that he will have his number and his name up in MetLife Stadium. Then he won't. I'm of that mindset. I believe they'll give him a job. <laughs> like he'll be like, like in somewhat. He'll always be tied to the Giants. You know what I mean? Community relations, right. fan development. Um, some type of role with coaching wide receivers, right. you know what I mean, like that, and they'll definitely give him that good old recommendation to be a coach or someone will get have the opportunity to make some money elsewhere, or you know, if it's with a. So yeah, I don't think there'll be a day where like Honor Victor Cruz and nah, those name up in no that fucking, life. What's no, the name? What's the name? Carl, Carl Banks. Sure he's good for Carl life. Banks. He ain't no Carl Banks, my nigga. Like Carl Banks did way more for the Giants than he did, and. I think his number is retired, right? And, and, and because retired. we are, and in he's New a Hall York. of Famer, isn't he? And we're in New York. It's that much harder to do it here. You know what I mean? Like Carmelo, it's it's still not solidified. So, that so, so, let's, so, let's, so let's get to Knicks. Let's get to Knicks. So I mean, so we all know what happened on last Thursday, right? So we have Charles Oakley, a guy who played for the Knicks for ten seasons out of his fourteen-year career, right? Um, played in the garden every night. He was known when the Knicks were a perennial playoff team. I'd say you could almost say they were equivalent to how the Cavaliers were before Bronny left, where that you could count on them on them being in the playoffs. Had a couple good runs, went to the finals a couple times, but couldn't win. Right? Okay. Yes. Uh, yes. Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah, fair. Yeah. Right. But instead of like having powerhouses in the right, East. yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But instead of them being known for a star player like LeBron, what they were known for was their gritty defense. Right, they wouldn't win games with 110 points. They'd win games 94 to 86. They'd win games 85 to 78. Right? How many teams are doing that? Like playing like have you know what? How the Knicks were playing. Yeah, back no no. How many teams were like playing like high pace offense back then? Though? Not I mean, many. Not, not many. I want to say high was, pace, but the they were still more score- half court back then. They were still scoring points right, to an and to well, okay. We could, yeah, I, I, I hear you on that. I, I can hear we that argument. Good, we had a pretty good offense. Um, pretty good. I mean, but the Knicks had some off- shooters on that bitch. The, the Knicks offense wasn't, you know, anything. LJ. I mean, LJ. <laughs> in yo low-key i loved playing with them on uh like in video games and right. like shit like that like I, I i appreciated that that era of the knicks like you know even when they were like that movie eddie didn't have any of them in it but like that was about that era of like nick basketball right. like that gritty 90s i mean the public enemy era like niggas had flap tops and shit like that like and beating niggas the fuck up like back when pistons was really out here like you know what i'm saying yeah, so yeah. I mean, the, the two players that personified the Knicks um, and their gritty defense, um, the two players that stand out specifically are Anthony Mason, rest yes, in peace, oh, and Charles Oakley, right? So Charles Oakley is, is renowned inside the garden. So uh, Charles Oakley runs into an incident last Thursday um, where, and let's 
give some context on I it. Am Charles Oakley has been very critical of the Knicks and how the Knicks have been run over the past 10, 15 years, while James Dolan, the owner of the Knicks, have been at the helm, right? So um, Charles Oakley says that he's been followed at games before by security um, and that uh, that not just he's noticed, but people that he's been with knows like, why didn't you follow Why didn't you follow Anyway, so Charles Oakley gets approached at, he comes into a game uh, when they were playing the Clippers, High-profile game, marquee games. A lot of people at this game. Mm-hmm. He comes in, sits down. It was he, on TV. It was a prime time. It was. Game. It was. It was a. Um, it was a nationally televised game. Comes down. Comes in, sits down. Um, he's approached by security, saying that he's being loud and vulgar. Now, I wasn't at the game, right? I don't know what he was saying. Okay. So I'm. I'm not going to speak on what he might have been saying or what he could have been saying. He could have said. A lot of shit. He could have just been cursing, you know, just talking to friends, Joe, like Joe, like how we talk. You right? missing a piece of the context is that he was sitting behind the owner, James. Dolan. Well, he was sitting about four or five rows behind. So James he, was he wasn't sitting, directly behind. He him. was sitting about three, four rows, about say about three rows back on like another section of Dolan, and it was reported by ESPN on ESPN Radio that one actually one one of the announcers who knew one of the photographers tweeted you know text him that um oakley was heard saying fuck dolan right (laughs) from his seat and that's when dolan had the security come and that's when they charged him and then everybody knows you can't touch charge but um charge oakley so you touch charge oakley you're gonna get punched right one nigga got punched another nigga got the finger finger in his fucking temple he actually didn't punch anybody that's the only reason why they didn't charge right worse than what they could and he went home he he put they put his hands on him he's like pushing him off like don't touch me you can't touch oakley nah but he he put it he did that was disrespectful he did the finger point that's what happens that's oakley he did the finger point to the temple like what you gonna do about it white boy there's not one basketball player that played against him or one player who watched Oakley play who uh, who understood what was going to happen in that situation. Right. I mean, so there's many layers to this story. Many layers. And it's it's kind of funny how it's, how it's all sprawled out. Oh, yeah. Right? Then he, he choked. Oh, he didn't choke him, but he, he grabbed him by the, 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 the collar of his shirt with both hands. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know stern talking. Yeah. <laughs> Came a stern talking to, right? Now, all this is playing on, like you, did, like you said, Dave, on national television, national right? Television. So this is all just a bad look, just a black eye, right? And it all comes out that, oh, Charles Oakley had, you know, had his riff with James Dolan. He tried to make contact with James Dolan, like try to reach out to James Dolan. James Dolan wants nothing to do with him, right? And it comes out where now Dwayne Wade is tweeting out and LeBron is tweeting out and uh, uh, Draymond Green is saying that, see, that's a slavery's mindset that's going on in the garden. So, I mean, it, I kind of fall somewhere in the middle, right? I, I think Draymond took it to the left and maybe y'all can debate me on it. I don't think it has anything to do with a slavery mindset by James Dolan because James Dolan wasn't the, um, he wasn't the owner of the he was the owner but he wasn't the gm he wasn't really hands-on when oakley played at the in the garden right right um so um james dolan employs a bunch of old nick players a bunch of them alan houston john stars larry johnson herb Williams. i mean the list goes on right they all do good work even latrell sprewell was spotted at the nick bowling uh, uh uh marathon that ironically he never showed up to when he was in an actual nick yesterday which is okay whatever um 
But so I mean, so he contributes. He he puts uh, uh, former Knicks in you know good spots, you know, in the media light and lets them shine, right? Um, so he said, uh, Charles Oakley has said that he tried to reach out to James Dolan. James Dolan wants nothing to do with him, right? And uh, I'm not sure why. And I guess Charles Oakley would like to know why. So I had to feed into some of his frustration with James Dolan while he was there. Right. I mean, so they. I mean, basically, what was reported that James Dolan didn't want anything to do with him based on what was art, everything that Oakley was saying. Right. And Oakley has has said some wild shit outside James Dolan as like he poisoned his food and shit like that. <laughs> I, I mean, but it's kind of like the same thing. He said everything along the lines that all fans have said, you know, and just he comes from that Rough Rider kind of Nick era and he wants to see the Knicks win. He's passionate, you know, he's of that other breed of player. Mm -hmm. So, and he's never been one to kind of hide, you know, to bite his tongue. Right. So if, I mean, somebody like Dolan in this position, I can imagine would not tolerate that. You know, like I said, somebody being in his position. Right. So he just kind of treats him like it is a business and not a sport. Which is every it's known around the league that the Knicks are more of a business. It's more corporate. Right. It's one of the most corporate organizations in the NBA, um, and that could just, in the way they do their business and the way they treat the players or the way how the organization is ran, it could rub off on the wrong way. So you think that's just how they treat their players? Or that's how they treat everybody inside the building. I think that's how everybody inside the building. Like say. The upper management is probably the most unreachable okay. of everybody, you know, of, of all the other organizations, um, you know, the Knicks. So that's so that, Carmelo just can't go speak to right. Roland the way um, Kobe could have go see Jeannie Buss or something like that. Right. Because, like, you, know, you know, Dan Gilbert got to come see, got to come downstairs and go talk to fucking and LeBron. Right. How, yeah, you have to go make an appointment. <laughs> Tell that nigga to come down here. I'm ready to see him. Right. The Knicks is more so you got to make an appointment. And schedule some time when other That's places just walk right, right. through. Larry Bird, um, uh, Paul George just walk right up to Larry Bird. So now, two things: what you said about the slavery shit, I understand his analogy because what he's saying is that the players are just treated as commodities with no feelings, and they just what they're do they're supposed to do everything outside of that. I don't want to have nothing to do with. I don't want to talk to them. I don't want to speak with them. And that kind of that disconnect from front office is kind of like that's crazy because you know like even uh, what was your man's name? See, I wouldn't. Was I, it Jim um, uh, from the Jerry from the from the Bulls? When, oh, Jerry Krause. Yeah, like Jerry Krause, like Jerry Krause and Jordan were tight. You know what I'm saying? Even though they had a lot of riffs. I was gonna say they had riffs. I mean the. The the Bulls that that six P Bulls like even the people the, the moving places that came in and out but like they hated winning heals wounds don't get it twisted right, right. but they hated they hated <laughs> upper management though but like it was a thing where like Phil was the like the the resolution guy right, you know he was a mediator right. yeah I, so I, like, I wouldn't say players are like you can't go see it I'm just saying it's not, no but it's open you know I'm I mean? talking like, about just how like ownership right. treats and that's in any in any major sport like uh, the 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 athletes are just treated like assets with no feelings or they're just supposed to fucking just play in line like like I said like slavery I mean million dollar slavery is we all know about that but um, the second part was with like Carmelo like. He's supposed to be playing games, right? He's supposed to be playing. He's supposed to be out here winning games and shit like that. Right. And there's all these rumors going around, credible rumors, that, like, niggas is trying to trade you. The coach can't say nothing to you. He don't know nothing. Fucking Phil Jackson is dodging. 
you know, and weaving. Oh, no, yeah, we're not. Oh, oh, they said it is. Oh, it's bullshit, you know. And it's like, how do you, as a player, even, like, fucking. And then you see the shit that goes on with Charles Oakley. Like, how do you even trust this organization? So that that's twofold. Um, and speaking towards, I'll, I'll talk on Carmelo last, but so, and that's what, um, what Draymond Green was saying is, I don't see any free agent that would want to go and play for the Knicks. And that's why, like, no matter any, regardless what the solution is, is the Knicks are lose are going to lose this battle because in the eye of uh, public opinion. And uh, um, just the optic of it, right? You're not treating former players who played for you for ten years well, and you're not treating current players that are playing for you have played for you for four or five years well. Uh, and I, I guess not being sympathetic to their feelings, I mean, it's like it, it it doesn't shine a good light on any player wanting to come here and play in New York. Ironically, the Knicks have about gonna have about fifty to sixty million dollars of cap space to spend during the summer. On the second part. Um, for Carmelo, I mean, if he wants to win a championship, he has to get up out of New York. It's not going to happen. I mean, that's, I mean, that's facts, you know. And that's just to, to, to speak on your, I mean, on your first point. Just like, no, no, go, go ahead, finish, finish, finish. finish. Well, on. I was just gonna say it's not going to happen here. So he, sh- it shouldn't be like foreign knowledge that Phil is trying to trade you away for assets for the team because the team is going to win a championship this year. They're not going to win a championship next year. Depending on free agent signs, it's highly unlikely they're going to win one in two years. So, and that's by then, Carmelo will be thirty six. It's like, yo, dog, you have two, you have two years prime left in your career. I'm trying to send you away for specific assets. I'm not going to lie to you. I would rather that happen. But he has all the cards in his deck because he has no trade clause in his contract, right? Plus a fifteen percent kicker, which was put in there ridiculously. I don't know why. That's like an extra like eight nine mil. In hey, the contract, on top of the thirty mil that he's making this year. If you if you wanna if you don't want your owner all in the video, come to condemning <laughs> condemning the players and shit, all in the video. You know what I'm saying? Come to Cleveland, baby. We not giving up nobody for you. But <laughs> you gonna have to take that pay cut. But New York gonna foot the bill. We got you, baby. We got you. Come get this ring, dog. Come get this ring. Nah, that's cool. What they said? They, they, they said James Harden. Is um, gonna win more games than LeBron James this year, and he hasn't not, uh, not one more. All, he doesn't have no All Stars <laughs> on his team. Crazy, right? And he said, and the caption was, "What in, play, in, what playmakers in the West?" <laughs> right. I mean, in the West, in, in the, the West, West, right? In the West, but Harden's playing some of his best basketball this year. I mean, I knew that was I was imagining heavy with Dan Tony. I knew it from the day. I was like, he's a better Steve Nash. And he, Steve Nash, took that team to the Western Conference Finals with Amari. Right. Yeah, so. but with the Knicks, I mean, the free agents and stuff like that, nobody's want to come here because of the culture. You know what I mean? And that's just the niggas going to sign them checks that's, to get them checks, though. Point. But Fuck you're not you talking you're about. You're not going to want to come here in a culture and to speak on, be, just because of that environment mm. that the Knicks have here. They're not going to get quality then, veterans who yeah, have but, choices, but, then, but they're going to get young niggas who need to get on the team. Yeah, I mean, and that's it. And that's not going to win. Right. right. You know, not winning, for the it's Knicks, not winning culture. And for the Knicks, that's perfectly fine because they're still the, the most valued you know, organization in the NBA. 
three point three Forbes released right. this today. Three point three mil. Uh, three point three bill. I'm sorry. Would it be doing something right? Business no, it's just they're in New York. Business. That's it. No, I understand that. Yeah. But they That's understand it. I swear. that. Cheat code. They understand yeah. that. Trust me. Look, the next they're more worried about the seat one seat row. You know, the first fifteen to twenty rows. And who's filling them shit? So. You know, and getting no so than the Knicks, you know, actually having a winning record. Which so, is great. Well, but, and it's funny because no matter what the Knicks record, those seats will sell. Those seats will sell. Because more than three-fourths of them are corporate seats. Well, shit, as long as Carmelo is there, they're probably going to get Christmas placement. And as long as the garden is a garden, <laughs> is the garden, which they don't plan on, they don't plan on leaving that stadium and keep making improvements on it. Like, people will still come there for when all of the other fucking star players right. come to play there. Right. It's sad, but, I mean, it's it's true. It's true. Niggas light up the garden, bro. Christmas. Yeah. That's why when, when people say, oh, don't need to sell a team, I'm like, don't bought that team. It wasn't bought. It was given to him. Given? It was given to him by his, by his father. father. Oh, okay. Um. So, he has that in cable, what used to be cable vision, but now it's optimal. What's the name of his fucking he had shit? That sh- Jimmy D and the boys? Yeah, or? that's his band. That's his <laughs> band. fuck out of here, yeah. dog. Um. Yeah, he he was given, and they were valued at like four hundred million dollars when he was given to him like twenty years ago, and now they are Billions. worth three point three billion. Jesus, Jesus, in New York, he's getting banged for his buck. Yeah. <laughs> um. So speaking on that loyalty, we'll move on to another loyalty. New York City. <sighs> That's a great song. It's funny uh, hearing uh, Jones tell the story how that whole thing came together. Right. Um, oh, Jim Jones. Jim Jones. The funny yeah. thing is, I've already heard that story from Just Blaze, and it sounds way better from Just Blaze. From Just Blaze, yeah. <laughs> yeah, dog. <laughs> Jimmy was like, they was in the studio. They was going back and forth. All right. He going on. for five minutes. Hold on. He so, going for five minutes. <laughs> we been going for wish, five minutes. I wish there was an Instagram. I mean, <laughs> we, we, we missed like two weeks. all the time. Right. Yeah. We missed like two weeks of like shit. And what's happened at least more importantly, which we were like trying to focus on today was... Uh, Jim Jones signed the Rock Nation. Uh, Jimmy. Right. For whatever reason. But I think it's just Rock Nation management. It might. I don't think they really plan on making money off of Jim Jones. I don't. I mean, I wouldn't know why they wouldn't sign him. He said they signed Jim Jones. He said they signed him, his music, and the brand. So I think it's Rock Nation and Mint Rock Nation. Low-key, Vamp Life does numbers, though, which is his clothing brand that he does. Low-key, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I saw them when I was in Vegas at, uh, at Magic. Or they were at, he was he was at a so that's at the thing. He wants to that's push crazy, his clothing man. line. He, he was at agenda. Push. That vamp life stuff been out for him. Minute. A minute, yeah. bro. And all he did was steal the fucking Louis Vuitton logo. But <laughs> at, yeah. what was it? At first it was just oh, this yeah, 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 the V and the L. Anyways, but uh, so Jim gets signed by uh, Rock Nation, uh, which effectively I guess squashes his side of the diplomat. Jay Z beef that's been going on since the beginning since two thousand and one. Right. I mean, not um, really. You never m- mess up business because he did say he it's not through Jay. And he right. said he didn't even talk to Jay yet. I'm right, sure. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure he probably was like, put him on speaker. No, no, no. I'm yeah. good. <laughs> y'all, yeah. y'all sign that paperwork. And that's all it's about. It's business. But um, so uh, Jim yeah. does that. Jim then goes to Funk Flex uh, on whatever night that was and uh, gives like the most emotional hour long interview, hour and a half I believe interview yeah. about just like. Uh, the, the history of the dip, of diplomats, which and what end up happening is after that he tells that basically Cam has kind of always somewhat been jealous of Jim, of Jim when Jim was like above him because there was a time and I agree with that there was a time when Jim was way hot. Say that he ain't say people were jealous. And he did say that he felt that that Cam was envious of 
his star, his star power that would happen when balling came out and we in we find his balling. But like, you know, around that time, cause he was that was when the time when he was doing the Curtis shit. And even though Cam is always gonna be Cam and be the the, the superstar, Jimmy was mainstream hot. <laughs> he was mainstream hot at the time, you know what yeah, I'm saying? I mean, but I, I I mean I just to me it was always just more so like, oh why you you doing your thing. I mean that's what you the actuality was, but that's what Jim Jimmy was spinning it in a in a way to don't, make don't, it. I think what you're talking about is when he said he wanted to get um Cam or when he said Cam wanted to be on the balling remix where he thought Cam wanted to be on the balling remix, but Jay actually kinda went at him on the balling remix, so he said, Fuck this, I'm gonna leave Jay on and then go back at him on the right. same remix. Right, yeah. You know what I mean? And Flex asked him, like, did you feel like Cam wanted to be on it? He was like, he might have. I mean, but I was just letting it rock. I was just letting it slide. Like, right. I was riding off. He's like, I was just more concerned about Jay. He's like, J- that nigga, that's Jay. Jay saying my name, putting my name out. Oh, I'm hot now. Yeah, I'm right. going to go right back at him. Leave him on the same track and, and, and let that shit slide. So, I mean, I, maybe I think that's what you're talking about. But I didn't get, like, an Envian's tone yeah, nah. not from from I, Cam. But he what he said was. Well, from, from, from Jim, from the way that Jim was spinning it and telling the story, it was that. Jimmy had always been there for Cam, and he didn't feel the same love in return. Right. Now, two right, days, right? That right. was I'll a, give you that. That was a Thursday or a Wednesday, maybe the interview went up. Mm-hmm. Like two days later, like Friday, Cam posted on Instagram, like, right. "Yo, I'm going live tomorrow night, nine o'clock. Everybody, listen up. Ain't gonna be no tears in this shit, right? Because right. <laughs> Jim was crying." But I think Jim had a solid reason for crying because he was crying in the part where he was talking about how niggas that he knew, his family members and niggas that he basically put on to be a part of like the dipset thing has gone to jail and put their lives on the line for so that Cam. Cam can never touch jail and never have to really have any problems or whatever. Now, yeah, he was mainly talking about like everything he put into it, the yeah. sacrifice and also what everybody else right. did. I mean, and coming from Jimmy, I, I mean, you know, as an outsider and being also being from here, I just feel yeah. like there was a lot, there's a lot put into that. Mm-hmm. And if you be you so so loyal to a fault, to a cold, yeah. you know what I mean? It's just, it's just going to strike you emotionally. That's what, why you're doing it in the first place is because you rock with it that hard. Right. right. You know what I mean? So, I mean, that's just, and like I said, I agree as well. I don't really think there's no animosity. It was just more so like, this is a business. And I caught on quick, and I listened to other people. Like this is a business, so I know I gotta do the best for me. Right, right. right. But did not... you did you watch or have you heard anything about Cam's? I did watch Cam. I did watch Cam's. I did watch Cam's. I seen Cam's joint. It seemed like Cam like. He said, I don't know why this nigga was riffing, da 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 da. He said, I was making paper. Jewels was making paper. I didn't have Jimmy signed to a contract. I have Jimmy. I was like, yo, but that's kind of why Jim was riffing because, like, Cam didn't see that because. Jim was like, yo, you calling me the capo, you calling me the president of diplomats, I'm not seeing no paper behind this, I'm seeing nothing. He's like, it might have looked good in the video, but I wasn't seeing nothing from it, so I had to go and get my own solo joint with Koch, fighting with Koch. But Cam said that he, Cam said that he tried, he was trying to shop Jimmy to Dame for the longest, and he was just like, nah, and then he tried to take him to Def Jam, niggas was like, nah. So he... So that was Jim. Jim did that for himself, and but that wasn't like that. Cam didn't. He didn't have Cam's support. But and, and, and Jimmy did also say that too. Like he asked Kanye, um, who who he asked for a meal, um, somebody for a meal. Oh, he asked Dame for Dame a meal. Yeah. And and Dame like, was nah. like, "Fuck out of here! I ain't yeah. give you no meal." I mean, yeah, but then he went and got that meal from Koch, though. Yeah, and he did the ball and drink, like he said. Yeah, and also Cam shit is like his output on it. Is, 
it's a it's a it's way a way different output and somebody you know looking from the outside you know in mm-hmm. from his point of view because he's more so looking at it from I know I'm the leader I know I'm managing all alone so he's looking at it from like a quality standpoint like like the mannerisms and stuff like that did you practice kind of thing and he's probably like damn this nigga salty at me now he's looking at it from a managerial you know standpoint. And it's like, I'm still going to rock with him, but he's still salty after he did that. Right. And that's why he's like, all right, damn, if, if I ain't do that one thing. So who do you I, feel, so, I mean, with all the recap, who, right. do, who do you feel was like, was right in this situation? I don't think nobody right. You know what I mean? I think they both did they shit. Like Jimmy, you know what I'm saying? Going to sit here, I guess, and get, get, from Cam's point of view, get upset. You know, for, for them, to, for both well, sides. Well, Cam felt like he wasn't even really far. upset. Cam felt like that he was just doing that shit to add uh clicks and um social media impressions on the fact that he signed because he was saying that if he just signed flat out nobody would give a fuck but as we're talking about this almost five days later he got signed he did the interview with flex and now it's news right and that's what he that's what cam's whole point was just like this nigga he told me back in the day when he signed the deal with Koch that he was trying to do a fake beef with me and that's what this is he's like it's crazy because i see this shit 15 years ago like i'm not like bro i'm good i'm and i think that honestly and i've seen this happen with people in the past with business uh dealings is that uh when you're dealing with friends um, if one guy is the connect and everybody else is getting cuts from those checks, right. the guy who's the connect is probably taking a larger cut and then not telling them how much he's getting. And everybody else is at first happy with just getting paper, you know, because right. I did happen to me in college. I was just happy to get some paper off of something that we were doing. But then you realize that the money not going evenly and there's an even distribution of workload. Right. And in the long run. The only person that's set up to to continue to be successful is the guy who was to connect. Right. And now you out in the cold, and it's just like you got to fend for yourself. And I think that a lot, that's what happened with them. Uh, even Jewels was able to continue his thing because he had a Def Jam deal. Right. He didn't he need didn't, Cam after that. Right. Like he had the Def Jam deal, and Def Jam kept hooping on for a long ass time. Like because he also is good. I mean, yeah, yeah. At one point in time, Jewels was murdering them. Right. You know what I'm saying? So I just, I don't know. I, dealing with friends in business is a fucking tricky situation. It really is unless it, you have to be open and it, I don't know. I just, it never goes well especially if you're, if you're trying to merge street principles with like boardroom principles. Like if you're bad for my business in the boardroom like on some James, some, some, some Jay and Dame shit if you're bad for my business it's not a good look to continue to do business with you. On some street shit, if I've been your nigga from the beginning, I'm going to always rock with you. And boom, 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 we just going to rock like that. Right. And I think that that's one of the ways that I saw that they had a different, because Jimmy was looking at it from a street shit and, and Cam was looking at it as, as business because he had been around the music business since like 90s, early 90s, and Jim yeah. had just been adjacent to it. The only reason why I'd say, and, and wrapping it up, I'd say the only reason why I'd say I side a little more with Jimmy is because Jimmy, his issue at first is that he was loyal to a fault. Yeah. Right? He was loyal, right. loyal, loyal. That's why he. That's why the tears are streaming down his face when he talked because those are tears of loyalty. He was like, niggas done putting a lot of time, a lot of effort, mm-hmm. putting a lot of work to keep you in a position where you, like you said, where you can't get touched. And the thing that Jim did when he signed to Jay is he was like, I've been loyal to everybody this whole entire time except myself, mm-hmm. you know? And exactly. And that, that loyalty will only go so far until, you know, you can't let it dig its own hole and uh, you fall into it. Now you trapped. 
right? So, um, I mean, but I mean, it's 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 an interesting to see where it will go from here. I hope they do get back together because that that G Unit Dipset concert would have been that would have been something I would have went to. I would have. <laughs> It'd have been so many Yankee hats in that shit. <laughs> niggas have been stuck in the doorway with their big ass hats on their yes, heads sir. trying to get through. Like, nigga, only one nigga at a time. Hold on. Niggas said memes for days. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, that shit gonna be crazy. But, um, um, yeah, um, I'm closing. Clo- I'm not closing the tab just yet. Dave, what's um, what's on uh, what's what's on the tube this week? Um, like I said, I do a lot of streaming shit. So I, honestly, I just been watching this um this new Netflix series called uh, Abstract. Um, the art of design okay. and they go through like eight different um, people within the, like different uh, industries so they go from like architecture this dude named Bajark he's the one who built the 57 West building okay. that fucking crazy triangle right, shaped right, shit that, he built that shit and he's uh, also rebuilding a lot of the shit along the like the water side or whatever um, then uh, they went they talked about they did a whole episode on Tinker Hatfield everybody knows Tinker Hatfield is if you're in the sneakers he's mm-hmm. the guy who created the fucking three Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. I think he went all the way to like 16, 15. Then he, he retired and mm-hmm. came back to do the uh, the twenty. But um, so they're going through like their their story, how they came to do design and stuff like that. And if like for a guy like me who's into that shit and and is like a budding artist designer of himself, like that shit has me fucking buzzing, Wired, you know, like fucking buzzing. They got the the lady who does all of uh, Beyonce's fucking uh, her tour shit, like which is crazy. Her tour shit costs mad like millions to do. And if you ever seen her do like a live performance like the Grammys, you can see like there's a lot of time and preparation and design that goes into that. So that's what I really been watching it. But um, last weekend I got an opportunity to go see that James Baldwin documentary. So I'm not, I'm your, not Negro. your Negro. I wanted to read that book. That was that. That shit's fire. That shit's fire. That shit is fire. It's based off of the manuscript of the book. So he wrote like 30 pages, and you know right. he never really got to finish it. But um, I love James Baldwin's work. I mean, his, come on, his work Baldwin. is his work favorites. is for real. Like if you like reading his books, you definitely love watching his debates and lectures and shit like that. Like he he lectures David Wallace, like who was like this old like Harvard professor who was like big on ethics and shit like that. And he was like arguing him against why racism isn't ethical and shit like that. He did it over in London and Cambridge and shit like that. Um, yeah, so it goes through that, and, and, and the whole premise of "I'm Not Your Negro" is uh, he, when he was writing the book, he was trying to tell the story through um, uh, fucking Martin Malcolm's and um, who was my man's from from Alabama who got killed from not, not Malcolm. You said Martin Malcolm. Martin Malcolm, and there's, there's a third guy, Elder Cleaver. Uh. My my fucking my uh my memory's not well serving me well, but basically he's telling the movement through three different guys' eyes or whatever, and um, yeah, it's crazy. I saw it. At, I saw it at BAM, which is the Brooklyn Arts Museum, yeah, or whatever. Just right by the Barclays. Yeah, and um, I did that on purpose because I like I did with Twelve Years of Save. I wanted to see it around as many white, white faces people as, as I possible, could, yeah. and a lot of people were just like taken aback at the information that was given to them because um, the way James Baldwin breaks down racism and oppression is so crazy. It's so crazy. And even he was being investigated by the FBI. Mm-hmm. Um, he died naturally, but yeah, that um, that really go really good movie. It's it's definitely important to see because it it really speaks about things that are happening now. Uh-huh. Definitely. Um, so closing the tab up. Um, definitely thanks to Julio for stopping by and thanks know, for having me. Thanks for having joining me. through in the conversation and um, um, big up to uh, Diplomatico Rum. Um, <laughs> so smooth. Um, but um, the words for the evening I have closing out, um, 
So Denzel accepted a NAACP award this week, and he closed it out by saying, ease is a greater threat to progress than hardship. Don't get complacent, people. Keep striving. Um, shout out to y'all for coming through and everybody listening through. Uh, my name's Ken. Oh, I'm Dave. And now uh, you listen to the Last Call Podcast. We I'm, miss you, Fab. Yeah, I'm used to hearing Fabs after Ken's voice, so like I can know when to come back. Yeah, Dave. Uh, appreciate y'all. Cheers. Big up.